From the Jewish Federation of Florida's Gulf Coast, this is the Parsha Pathways Podcast. Dive in to the weekly Torah portion led by rabbis local to Florida's Gulf Coast, Pinellas Pasco, and Hernando Counties. Participate live every Friday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time via Zoom. Visit jewishgulfcoast.org slash Parsha to learn more. Welcome, everyone. Um, Maxine Kaufman with the Jewish Federation. Welcome back to Parsha Pathways. We are delighted to have Rabbi Danielle Uppen from Congregation Beth Shalom with us today. I see lots of regulars. Um, we've missed you the last couple months. Um, as you know, we are um, recording this and we also use it as a podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, it's just audio, not visual. Um, but this way, today we can see everyone's beautiful face. So, um, Rabbi, take it away. Hey, thanks, Maxine. Good to be back, everyone. We'll begin with a blessing for Torah study. Baruch Ata Adonai Eloheinu Melech Haolam Asher Kitshanu B'Mitzvotav Etzivanu La Sok B'Divrei Torah. We're commanded to soak up the words of Torah, although that's not literally what the prayer means. It means uh, thank you, God, for commanding us to be busy with Torah. So what a blessing to have this time together to busy ourselves and to soak up words of Torah. Good to see you all. Um, it's been, uh, there, are, there aren't too many new faces, but if you wanted to go ahead and use the chat and let us know where you are tuning in from today, we could create a little bit of community. You might find out you're even neighbors with somebody. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and share my screen because I want to start today's session with a song, which is part of what we'll be learning today. We're going to be exploring Psalm 27, which is the Psalm of the season of all the way through Elul. We recite this Psalm. Um, Psalm 27, and we blow the shofar. I would have been very keen on blowing the shofar with you this morning, but I've found that it doesn't work great through Zoom. There may be a way to do it. We'll do it at the end. Um, I think we turn off the um, original sounds or something like that. I don't know. I'll figure it out. So do you know? Do you know, Kara? Yeah, you turn it on. Turn on. Turn, it. Oh, you turn it on. Okay. So all right, I'm going to get a little help with that. Well, let's try to remember. We'll do it at the end. So it'll be like our, our, our sound of, you know, of waking up. But we'll do it at the end to send us on our day. And uh, the words are here. And please, by all means, sing along. This is verse four of this psalm. And the words are, only one thing I ask of you, God. One thing do I seek to dwell with you in your house and to, to visit in your sanctuary. Okay. And this is a setting. Um, and it's like a traditional setting. It's like this. Sorry. Okay. 
Shivti Veit Adonai Koyemei Chayai Lachazot Benoam Benoam Adonai Ulevaker Behechalo Lachazot Benoam Benoam Adonai Ulevaker Behechalo we're going to get back to those words in just a little while. And I don't want to forget to tell you this because this is one of my favorite parts of this um, session that I put together for you at um, the very end here. So look away if you get nauseous when you look at screen scrolling. I do. Um, I provided you with five settings of Psalm 27. So you can create like a music playlist for this season. Um, these are some of my favorite, but if you click on one of them, you can be brought to other ones um, that reference words from Psalm 27. Um, these are quite beautiful. And I put one of mine. So plug for some of my music um, that you can find on my website at Rabbi Danielle Upin, or I think it's just DanielleUpin.com. But the other ones are, are not mine. Um, they're just awesome. So that's for you. All right, we're going to go back to the top now. And we are going to explore what this psalm is all about. So starting um, starting just with an overview, okay? Um, what is Psalm 27? Why do we say it? Like, you know, I've, I've said that we've said it a million times already. You're like, well, what is it? You know, <laughs> well, this is it. It is called the Psalm of the season because, well, for a, a variety of reasons are, are offered, but um, I have a few with you that I could share just as an overview. We can read them together. Um, so just a few opening comments, okay? That Psalm 27 seems like anything but a single unified Psalm. The first verse speaks of self-assurance. And later the speaker asks God to have pity, not abandon him, not abandon the worshiper or not abandon her. And it is a Psalm of confidence as well as a Psalm of desperation, as you'll see this vacillation between both. And no wonder uh, scholars have claimed Psalm 27 as maybe two Psalms, but most people say it looks like two Psalms, but it's really just one, okay, with themes that are referencing each other uh, throughout. Um, why do we, you know, why do we say this Psalm? I'm going to put, you know, I feel like I, the, the better pedagogical way to, to ask this question is just to ask it at the beginning, and then we'll try to answer it at the end. Um, we can offer a few, um, a few ideas here. You know, we're going to see questions and um, uh, post, right, without necessarily having an answer, which may reflect what the spiritual life of a person in going through the process of teshuva, of going through the process of uh, what we're supposed to be doing this time of year, cheshbon hanefesh, the inner workings of the soul, trying to figure out, like, what are we doing? What can we do better? What do we want to leave behind? And in that spiritual life of the seeker, sometimes more often than not, we have unanswered questions. If you are a person who's uncomfortable with unanswered questions, then, you know, I don't know what to tell you, but in a life of faith, we can't really just package everything up and have answers, at least not in Judaism. In other religions, perhaps, but in Judaism, 
we're invited to sometimes dwell in the question. You'll see why I'm, you know, I'm putting out there really it's the question. It's sometimes the uncertainty, okay, is is part of the language of faith. Sometimes, okay. Um, so let's talk about why it is brought in as the Psalm of the season. Psalm 27 is very personal, intimate Psalm. It's all you'll see first person singular language. Okay. Some Psalms are, uh, you know, communal in nature, you know, some, many of our prayers are communal, but when we come to Psalm 27, we're really looking at a very personal, intimate conversation with the divine. Okay. And we're not onlookers into somebody else's conversation. We are having our own conversation when we recite this psalm twice a day throughout this season in the morning and in the evening service, although certainly you can do it on your own twice a day or even once a day would be tremendous, right, if we were connecting with the language um, that often. And we recite it all the way through to um, through Hoshana Rabbah. So it's not just this month of Elul that we're in right now, but it's also through Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, through Sukkot, all the way until Hoshana Rabbah, and then we stop saying the psalm. Okay, so um, what is it? The connection between the psalm and the high holidays is made in a midrash, okay? So rabbinic interpretive text where the sages interpret um, the reference to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur in the very first verse. And we're going to look at that in a moment. So I'm going to tell you, and then we'll look at it. Okay. So the very first verse is Adonai Oriv Ishimi Mi'ira. Adonai is my light. Who, who shall I fear? Okay. Uh, Rosh Hashanah is the day of, of judgment. Okay. So you know, you may think Yom Kippur is the day of judgment, but it's actually Rosh Hashanah is the day of judgment. And so Rosh Hashanah is like the day of light, uh, okay? Because we're bringing light, like to be vindicated, to, 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 to cast light on kind of our whole lives, right? But, but we're asking for God to be with us in positive judgment, okay? So that's the or, that's the lights. And then, then the next verse, Adonai Ishi, my, um, Yishi, God is my salvation. So that's Yom Kippur, when we're like going for that clean slate, you know, save us, write us in the book of life for a new year, right? So Ori, light, salvation, light, Rosh Hashanah, salvation, that's that's a tough word, but it's like my strength, my help, okay? If you don't, I don't, I don't love the word salvation. I don't even know what that means, but you know, like my help, okay, is, is, is Yom Kippur. God's gonna help us, get us through this, and, and help us to, to pave the way for a great year ahead. Okay, and they, they reference another Psalm, but I don't wanna confuse us. Here are a couple of other interesting points of why Psalm 27 has become the Psalm of this season throughout Elul and through the, the Yamim Noraim, the High Holidays. So the Midrash also sees a foe in this Psalm. Okay, so you, if, for those of you who are into numerology, uh, meaning the, the each of the letters, in, in Judaism, in Hebrew, rather, the Hebrew letters each have a corresponding number, so numerical value, um, and we call that gematria. So we call it like rabbinic math because the rabbis would use these words and like have fun playing with the numbers and coming up with creative interpretations of the words and their associations. So, um, so the rabbis point to the word Satan, okay, which is not a word that's mentioned in the Psalm, but the word Satan, you know who Satan is? Satan, right? And some people are like, we don't have Satan in Judaism. Well, we do. So here it is. So Satan is like the, the one who's looking to get us in trouble. Okay. That's how the Satan functions in um, 
rabbinic literature, which is a lot of fun. If you ever want to do a class on that, message me and we can put, put that together if there's interest. Like, who is this guy? You know, what is he doing? So in a lot of the Midrashim, the Satan is kind of like trying to mess us up. Um, and it, and there are stories in the Bible um, that, you know, kind of reference the Satan explicitly. But this, the word of Satan has as the numerical value of 364. Okay. And I could show you that, but you could, or you could just trust me, or I could show you later because we have a lot to do. I don't want to spend too much time on this. So, what's 364? Well, if you heard that word, you'd be like, well, maybe that has to do with the year because the year is 365. You'd be right because 364 is one day short of 365. Why? Because on Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur, the the Satan has no. Um, no leverage, no authority over us. We're like angels on that day. We dress in white. You know, we say, Baruch Shem Kibon Machutolelambaen, you know, out loud instead of quietly because we are like angels on that day. We don't eat, we don't drink. And, you know, there's no room for anybody to trip us up. Um, maybe no room for anyone to trip us up, but ourselves, right? Okay, so, and one more, which I love, this is actually my favorite and I don't know why I never noticed this before, but it also, also been pointed out that the Hebrew word lulei, lulei ha'amanti l'rot betuva chayim, which is um, in the verse 14 in the Psalm, we're gonna see it together, um, actually verse, 13. Um, lule means like, if only, if only. But if you spell lule backwards, it spells Elul, Elul. So lule backwards is Elul. So that's like the most like cool one, like obvious, you know, without doing any kind of mental gymnastics. And you'll see why they picked that word lule because it, it has these dots over it um, in the you know, as it's written in the text, in the Masoretic text. So it, it indicates that there's something kind of quirky about that word. Okay. Um, and so again, we say the Psalm every day of the season. All right. I am going to go back up to the top of our source sheet, but I think it would be a good idea to pause for a moment and take any questions or comments before we continue. So I think you have the ability to unmute. Are we all good so far? All right. Okay. Great. So um, here we go. What I'd like to do, okay, is um, interactive, all right, because I want to ask you to participate with me here. Um, we're going to read this psalm in chunks, ask, and I want to point things out, but I also want to ask you okay because we talked about how this text vacillates from the assurity to the despondency we're going to see that within the framework of the text so as we get to each section i want you to be able to answer is this an assurity or a despondency or something in between or something else that comes up for you um, i want to unpack really each of the sections of the psalm so that you can own it a little bit more for yourselves okay so i'm going to take you through the first part um, Let's see, let's see. Would anybody like to read um, either in Hebrew or in English? Although I do want to point out the Hebrew. Um, verse one, all the way through verse three. Okay, I'm gonna have to call on you. Yeah, who is that? It's Jay. All right, Jay, hit it. Hi. Hi. Um, oh, 
Okay, so I'll do English here and then maybe I'll try a little bit of the Hebrew. Uh, of David, the Lord is my light and my rescue. Whom shall, should I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of, stronghold of my life. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers draw near me to eat my flesh, it is they, my foes and my enemies, who stumble and fall. Should an army besiege me, my heart would have no fear. Should war beset me, still I would be confident and not. Um, uh, in this, this I would trust. What I would trust. The alternative was the thing. In, in yeah, this yeah, I would yeah. trust. So I, actually, the, I have a question on the Hebrew piece. Le David Adonai Uri Vayishi Nami Ira Adonai Maoz Adonai Nami Yifhad. So the. So, so question, yep. when I'm reading the English, and I know maybe it's not a literal, but it says of David, the Lord is my light and my rescue, whom shall I fear? But if I'm reading, maybe I don't have my grammar right here. Mm -hmm. It looks like it says to David, uh, Adonai, Uri, my light, I guess that's my rescue, Mimi, from whom you rock. Adonai. So God is in there a second. Is this saying, should I fear right. God? That's yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. You're making a great point. You make, you're you're making a tremendous point, which is about um, type, like, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, parsing, parsing text. Okay. So, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so good question. And sometimes, you know, that's why it's really cool to know, helpful to know trope. If any of you have mastered the cancellations, the cancellations are there, right? Those are the sort of the musical notes. If you look above and below the text, the words, you'll see these little um, signs and symbols. And some people might be like, oh, I don't know what that is. I'm going to ignore it. You could ignore it or you can learn what it is because what those cancellations do, that's the English word for Torah trope or ta'ame hamikra. Those are the little like notes or symbols that help us to chant biblical words from the Torah or Haf Torah or the Megillot. Um, they give us the melody, but they also give us the parsing of text. Like some of them work as commas or, or phrases. And of, and of course the ends of sentence, which is not, that's, that's part of the Masoretic version. But um, so, um, and also just a side note, we don't chant actually. <laughs> I don't know anybody who's ever chanted the um, Psalms, like in the way, like with Torah trope, it's, the, the, the trope is all over the place. And I don't know why we never do, but it's it's just not something that's been necessarily passed down, at least in the Ashkenazic tradition. So, um, but here, this, this little wishbone shape here, if you can see that, Jay, so that shows that's the end of a phrase. So, of David, all right, so the, the David, I don't know, so, David, sorry, David is the, um, the, the presumed author of the Psalms, although, in you know scholarly sort of biblical criticism like it's not david it's you know the author the psalmist um but the psalms are beautifully attributed to david and if if you love psalms as i do you'll have several books of commentary um because not one is good enough you need a few <laughs> as well as different translations um but like the the art scroll for instance um 
<laughs> does a lot with David and understanding, you know, like kind of the traditional, not just art school, but like the traditional reading does a lot about David. Like, oh, he wrote this when this happened in his life and, or when he was recovering from illness or blah, 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 like after this war. So that layer of interpretation is there. But me, for me as a, you know, a contemporary teacher and reader of text, I, I just, I'm always looking for how does this Psalm relate to me and my life? Yeah, so it's meant to. It's meant to have these different components, different layers of meaning and interpretation. And they're all important. So God is my light. Right? We talked about that a little bit. My strength. Whom shall I fear? And then God is my strength of my life. And another version of who shall I fear? Right? So this is poetry. The Psalms are always poetry. So I want to point out a couple of things. One, one, two, three, four, five, six. Sorry. One, two, sorry, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, five. <clears throat> um, there's, you're gonna see a growing, I, I need to take a look at the note of this, but right, before I do, what, is this a certainty or uncertainty? The verses that Jay read for us. You can unmute and answer. Uncertainty. Un? Well, Lord is my light and my rescue, certainty. Whom shall I fear is uncertainty. Okay, so let's, I, I can see why you would say that. Um, when we look through all, does anyone disagree? Anyone have a different opinion? Steve? Yeah, I disagree. Okay. I, I think when it says, whom shall I fear, that's, that's saying I'm not afraid of anybody. Yep, right, yeah, yeah, right. Thank you, total certainty. Okay, this is like coming out of the, you know, like, like a racehorse is coming out of the box, ready to go. I am so certain God is with me. I have nobody to fear. Who am I going to dread? It, everyone's against me, but I'm not going to worry about that because I got God on my side. Okay, now I want to point out something um, and it's different ways of saying that. So uh, before my, my next comment, other comments about what you just read in the first section, anything else that jumps out to you? So we have, we have total certainty, anything else that you have a question about or comment about or something that looks tricky or interesting? Okay. Um, so I wanted to show you this. Verse one is a five word phrase. Okay, let's see if we could figure this out. Okay, I think you eliminate Le David. There you go. So one, two, three, four, five. And then, you know, the, the verses of Psalm tend to like mirror each other. They um, tend to, there's like a poetic device, a uh, literary device that's often instituted where you can find parallelism in verses. So like, like a good poem, right? So Adonai, Ori, Vishi, Mimi, Ira, five words. Adonai, Maoz, Chayai, Mimi, Echad, five words. Let's just simply count. Ready? Bikrov, alai, merim, lechol, So we're going to have six words in the next one. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six. The next verse, what do we have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Libi. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay? So sounds like a dance move, right? A little choreography here, right? So we move from five to six to seven. So what does that indicate to you if you have like growing of verses? Like what might that, what might that suggest just from a literary interpretive standpoint? Oh, it builds momentum. 
Thank you. Right. Great answer. Builds momentum. We're building something is happening here. There's a dynamism. Okay. It's like, it, like, I, I like that. It's like the, you're, you're, you're moving quickly here. You're, you're, you're expanding outwards. There's a movement. Okay. And the movement is filled with the idea of the, of strength and security and confidence, like taking up a lot of space, you know, in a, in a good way, like not cowering and shuddering in fear, but like moving your life outward. Okay. As a metaphor. And then, okay. And I also want you to take a note here because um, we may lose this part of the text when we move down, but libi, lo yira libi, my heart, my heart will not fear. My heart will not fear. Okay. Keep in mind the heart. All right. Because the speaker is, is speaking from different parts of of the self, of the experience of life. And the heart plays a big role in this, all right? Which would make sense, okay? And especially when we're thinking about our lives in the high holiday season, like the heart, you know? Forgiving heart, compassionate heart, loving heart, you know? Has a bal heart is also balance, you know, that heart chakra. So th that sense of, of balance and even security, okay, is, you know, kind of um, can be in that heart space. All right. So remember, we were growing, we were dynamic, we were taking up space, we were moving, we were confident. And then verse four, um, I'll move this up so we could capture the he the English. What's the, what, what number do we have here? Verse four, one thing. One thing I ask of God, only, only one thing. I just want one thing. <laughs> then, and this is what I seek. So, so just without moving on to whatever that one thing is, right? There's this beautiful, like, um, um, poetic device that's being used here of the five and the six and the seven, and then one. It's like, it's like in that. It, I don't know. I could, I could ask you. I mean, I, I'll offer you an interpretation, but let's read the verse and you tell me what you think of that movement from the growing and, and, and the dynamism and then whoop, going to the one. Hi, I'm Maxine Kaufman, Executive Director of the Jewish Federation of Florida's Gulf Coast. And I'm quickly interrupting this episode to tell you a bit about the organization that brings you the Parsha Pathways podcast. Welcome to the world of the Jewish Federation, where the Jewish values of compassion, charity, generosity, and responsibility inspire us to improve the quality of life for people in our community, in Israel, and around the world every day. It is time to meet the challenges of modern Jewish life, both at home and overseas, and to provide the financial resources needed to fund the many services, programs, and activities that are demanded of us to sustain and continue to grow a strong, vital, and vibrant Jewish life. Programs like Parsha Pathways are brought to you free of charge, but donations are always welcome. Visit jewishgulfcoast.org slash donate to learn more. So verse four, it's down here. Only one thing I ask of the Lord, only that do I seek to dwell in the house of God all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to frequent God's temple. 
Remember that song we sang at the very beginning? Whoa, where are we going with my text here? Achat Only one thing I ask of God. And this is what I'm, this is what I'm asking. Okay. So what is the one thing that God's asking? And is it just one thing? We'll look at the English if that's easier for you. Verse four. Okay. So we're over here. Oops. Comments. What's the one thing that's not really one thing? <laughs> Say it again. Maxine? <clears throat> to be one with God, to be with God. Okay. So well, you can home, look upon his face. Um, dwell, uh, pray in his sanctuary. Does it say that? Yes, Days it does. Beauty, frequent mm -hmm. his temple. Right. So only one thing I ask of you. Only one thing. Right. But really, it's not one thing. It's actually three things. So, or you could say it's one thing that encompasses the three things. So what are they? One thing I ask, to dwell in the house of God all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of God, and to frequent God's temple. Okay? I'm going to scroll down because I want to show you an um, interpretation from the Midrash. Hopefully it's here. Oh, it is not. Um, yes, yes, yes. Okay, here it is. Okay. So um, first of all, Malbim, so what? that's one of the, the um, commentators on the Torah. So he asked the question, what's the... Right? One thing I'm asking of God, um, this is what I'm asking. Right, that's kind of like a translation of that. So why you need both words, what's sha'alti and what's avakesh? Sha'alti is an external way of questioning, okay? Sha'alti is the external question, like um, uh, versus avakesh, okay? Bakasha is like an inner questioning, inner questioning, okay? So one is like, I can verbalize this, I could put my... I could put my request into words. And then there's kind of like another facet of this, which is like, it's it's in my heart. I can't really express it, but it's like my innermost desire. Okay, okay. So Malbim says these two different languages, right? That's the reason one is the external, like verbalization of the request versus avakesh, which is the internal, okay? But then there's a Midrash, Shechar uh, Tov, that says this. The Holy One, blessed be he said to David, David is the psalmist, First, you said only one thing I have asked of God, and then you proceed to ask for many things to behold in the delight of God, to meditate in God's sanctuary. And David replied, sovereign of the universe, Ribona Shalom, shouldn't the servant imitate the ways of the master? First, you ask for one thing in Deuteronomy 10 verse 12. We had this just like last week or the week before. And now Israel, what does God ask of you? Except that you should fear God. And then you proceed to demand many things. And don't get caught up on the word fear because you can rephrase it as awe, like to be in awe of God. So what is, what is this? Not just to fear God, but to walk in all of God's ways, to love God, to serve God, 
right? So God said the same thing. I said, I want just one thing. And then I asked for a bunch of things. <laughs> so what do we learn from this? God's many commands have but one goal, that we should be in awe of God, right? Healthy fear of God. So too, all of David's petitions have but one purpose, to dwell, as Maxine said, constantly in the presence of God. That's really the one thing that this is all about. And everything else is just like, you know, that's the headliner and everything else is kind of like just part of that request. Um, so let's go back up. So we are on verse four out of verse uh, 13 or 14. So I wanna pause here just in case you have any questions about anything we've done so far, any comments? And, and also I wanna ask you, is this a confidence? Uh, uh, a dis despondency or something in between, verse four. This you verse consider, four. You could you could consider answering the question of whom should I fear, with the word myself, because as you go through this, it ends up uh, curling back around to you know, deep faith in God and trusting in God, but we, we are the ones who have to make that decision. Yeah, that's really great. You know, it's like, on one hand, you can say it's a um, rhetorical question, you know, like Steve said, this is like, there's nobody I'm going to fear, right? But <laughs> you're right, because we have this kind of play on words here and uh, a movement in the piece between assurity and insecurity that maybe where you know we are um, one of the we are one of the main characters of this psalm, and maybe we need to to worry about that a little, like pay attention. You know, are we going to mess ourselves up? You know, in this coming year. So, yeah, good point. All right. So, what else do we have? Um, so, this one request. Anyone think that it follows like seamlessly from the first three verses or not? See, I think it doesn't. I think that we move from like, it, well, actually there's an interesting, we didn't highlight this here, but in this do I trust. In this do I trust, and what do I trust? You know, that in this, I, you know, what? <laughs> Some of the commentators say it's in this, in my one request, as long as I have, I mean, this is like, this is good stuff, guys. I, I hope you like this as much as I do. That in this, do I trust? In what? In this, in this request in verse four. This verse four, verse Dalit, has become like one of the most significant verses for some people of, of the psalm, like over, over time. This one request, it just, as long, it doesn't even see, seem possible. Like, what does it mean to sit in the house of God all the days of my life? If you have this request, you know, this um, vision, this idea in front of you all the time, it's like this can orient your whole way of being, right? If this is always what you really want, then everything you do is going to help you to get there, okay? So this is an important verse in thinking about the season. Like, how do we level up <laughs> our lives spiritually? It could be by highlighting this idea and this, this one request, which is just a little thing. I just want to dwell in your house, God. No problem. <laughs> just grant me that. But it's hard to dwell in God's house, right? If we're living in the world we're living in, sometimes we got to like work hard to feel 
like we're in God's house. So when I lead this verse in a meditation, I, I, I like to bring, which we're not going to do now, don't worry, but I like to bring us into that space of like, feel as though you are sitting in God's house right now, you know, allow this space that you're in to be like a subset or let the walls kind of disappear. And what, what might it feel like? What might it look like or smell like to feel that you are in God's house right now? So it's an activation point of, you know, kind of opening the heart and thinking about like, what can my life look like? You know, if I were actually walking in God's house at this moment, like really had that consciousness. Okay. So we're going to move on. We're going to move on. Um, he, so verse five, let's, uh, let's do verse five and six together. Um, Steve Shepard, can you read, please? He will shelter me in his pavilion on an evil day. Grant me the protection of his tent. Raise me high upon a rock. Now is my head held, is my head high over my enemies around me. I sacrifice in his tent with shouts of joy, singing and chanting a hymn to the Lord. Okay, let's oh, stop there for a sec. What's jumping out at you in this verse, these two verses? What images, you know, from nature um, or, you know, what verbs, what, what pops out for you? What feeling do you get? We don't usually uh, rejoice at the at the demise of our enemies, and this is where shout where my head is high with shouts of joy. Mm -hmm. I don't know that seemed a little strange to me. Okay, yeah. All right, let's let's hold on to that. Okay. Um, you know, straightforward question. What images do you see here? Uh, Rabbi. Yep. It's Beth. Hi. Okay. Um, hi. Uh, I, what I thought of is what I was, what I think lately, um, well, one of my questions to you uh, is um, how do we rise? It's like we rise above all the evil that's going on around us. We rise above that and we just are with God. How do you do that easily in times like this is my question. Mm -hmm. So we, it's not easy. It's just, you know, thank you for asking the question. You know, like we have to start with ourselves. We can't solve, you know, this, this Psalm, and there's like a little feedback there, but there, there, this Psalm will not solve the crisis of the world. This will not be, you know, the help for Ukraine. It will not solve um, the issue of, you know, the unhoused in our <laughs> communities and, and food insecurity. It will help us, maybe ultimately it will, but on the short order, it's going to help us live our lives, right? So the Psalm for us is an anecdote to like, you know, I don't want to say bad behavior because most of us are not behaving badly, right? But it's about how to orient our lives toward the year to come, toward getting in our in focus right now of what are our highest aspirations, what is the life we want to live, what is important to us, how do we bring that connection to God, you know, and spirituality and community and Sadaka and Judaism and everything we do, right? It begins somewhere begin somewhere. And because, you know, we're, we're coming at this from, you know, traditional Judaism, 
it directs us to say the psalm twice a day. You know, it's a shiviti. A shiviti is this idea you keep God before you always. How do you do that? You do it with something. It's going to be a, a line from prayer, from the prayers, from the psalms, from scripture. Um, sometimes it's going to, you know, if you don't have access to this, it could be from, you know, a, a book of, I don't want to say self-help, but, you know, there's so many, there's so much literature out there that helps us to be better. Right. But as Jews, we look to the Torah to help us to be better. So the Psalm will help us <laughs> orient our mind, our thoughts, our feeling, our feeling about ourselves. Right. And that's, that's the starting point of making the, uh, the world a better place, right? Just ask Michael Jackson, you know, start with the man in the mirror. You got to start somewhere, right? That's what we're, that's what we're doing. Right. I, I want to, yeah, go ahead. But so the other thing that this says, when you ask, what's the, what's the, what do you, what do I see is, you know, you think that this is back in the days of the temple. So when it says to frequent his temple, it means to be out on the pavilion and on an evil day, on a we can say on a hot day, okay, they probably did put up something to keep the sun off of people who were standing out of that pavilion. And so you never got to go inside the temple, right? So all you are is you're you're standing out there looking from the outside in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, good. Right. Excellent. Right. So um I think that there are, you know, I'm teaching this class today, like we have an hour and a half, but you know, we, so we're going to move, we're going to move a little bit quick, more quickly now. But when we read Psalms, I guess I want to just point this out to you that it's an invitation to relate to it as poetry as well. You know, so when you see a Sukkah, like, first of all, it's like, oh, Sukkot, you know, <laughs> like that's coming up, but Sukkah is like a, you know, like the, what is the feeling of God here? Okay. Because um, there's another book actually that I want, I'm going to be teaching um, at some point here, I'm just going to pull it out. It's called God, whoops, it's called God is Here, um, Reimagining the Divine by Rabbi Toba Spitzer. And her whole thing um, is unpacking language of um, metaphor and that God is like a rock, you know, how is God like a rock for us? You know, I'm just putting this out there for us to just think about, you know, that God is like an ohel, like a shelter, right? We say on the Friday, on the evening prayers, you know, protect us under your sheltering winds, under your sukkah of peace, right? Under this tent. So we have lifting up above, you know, on the rock, we have the shelter. Like these are ways of relating to the divine that are not just the psalmist, but us like here mm -hmm. and now, right? These feelings of God as a rock, feeling of God as a shelter, the feeling of God that uh, I'm being lifted up in my life, lifted up above the tumult, the chaos, the trauma, that I can be lifted up somehow to have a better perspective, perhaps. Big ideas, okay? Um, moving on quickly. So Shema Koli, like, listen to my, we know this from many Psalms, listen to my voice. Like, now we're getting to like some pleading moment, okay? Remember that move from confidence, security to like, ah, now I'm living in the request because I'm worried I'm gonna forget even this is my request to be close to God or feel that security. And now, we're in despondence. Lecha, Amarli B. Look, the, the, the heart is asking, okay? Of you, my heart said in verse eight, seek my face, bakshu panai. The heart says, seek my face. And it's, it's God that says, 
to the heart. It's like the heart is speaking. The heart has a, a role in this play of this psalm. And it's its own thing. It's like the inner life. All right. And seek my face. God is God says, seek my face and your face, God, do I seek. Okay. So God says to my heart, seek my face, to my heart, not to my mind, my heart. Right. The heart helps us with our intention, with our compassion. How do you see God? We're even told in, in Shmote, you can't see God. Moses said, I want to see your face. And God's like, no, sorry, can't see my face. Can't see my face and live. Nobody. You're not going to see my face and live. And here, God's like, seek my face. So what's that all about? Seeking the face. Seeking the face could be, um, I'm going to scroll down. I do want to show you this. I want to be able to highlight just like two more like pieces of this song. I'm scrolling because there's a text I found just today I thought was really neat. So um, this is Rabbi Rami Shapiro, and I picked this up on myjewishlearning.com today. You know, they have a weekly email that goes out on Friday. You could subscribe to it. It says, you might think that seeking God's face is forbidden, right? Like I just said. So he says, I reconcile these texts this way. God is saying, seek my face as every face. And when you see my face as every face, you cannot live as you did before. Before you felt free to rule over and dominate each other. But after you've seen my face, God says, as every face, you can only engage the other with compassion, justice, and dignity. Mm. How do you move? Yeah, right? How do you move from face, lowercase, to face, you know, capital? There are many Jewish practices that speak to this. And then he goes on to, um, to put one in front of us. So that seek my face is now, I'm going to scroll back up, is not just like this kind of curious idea of like looking for God's face. It's like the intention here now is to see each other and to help each other through this process of teshuva. Okay. And if um, I felt that you were all oh, more of like a touchy feely crowd, I would tell you, and I'd like to tell you to look at each other, look at each other's faces, look at each other's faces. Look, okay, I'm in, I know we got the screen up because I don't, I'm scared to take it down. <laughs> I won't be able to put it back up. But, you know, you can scroll down on your, you know, on your Zoom. Hopefully I'm not in a speaker mode, you know, and you can see each other and you can do this later. You can see each other's faces, you know, because some of you are, don't have your screens on, so we can't see your face, right? So seeing each other's face and using the Psalm as a, a guide for us through this season even just a little, even if just once you were able to see and have compassion for somebody because you remembered the seek my face right, that God is saying, right, put that out there, right? Because compassion leads to more tzedakah, more, more charitable living and giving. And Maxine likes for us to, re, you know, to reinforce that idea, right? We need to be charitable, especially right in this season. Right, I want to highlight just two more things. Um, and again, you have the source sheet, um, you can pick it up um, here, or if, if you didn't get it, I'll send it to you later. Um, we're gonna go to my mom and dad have forsaken me. They, they, they're, they, here, where is it? Do not hide your face from me. Okay, so it continues with that. Do not forsake me. Um, here, verse 10. Ki avi imi azavuni asveni. Though my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will take me in. Any associations, any comments? This is like, 
you know, it's a powerful verse. And I used like when I was a kid, because <laughs> I've been sitting with this verse my whole life uh, since sixth grade, I had to, I was, had to memorize it. Um, and so, you know, I'd walk around just saying the Psalm, like, you know, like <laughs> for weeks and weeks and I would cry. I remember sitting at my mom's table and crying like, holy cow, my parents are going to die one day and I'm going to be left with, with God. <laughs> like I want my parents and it wasn't helpful for me as a child, but now my mom, my, my mom is still alive, you know, but I have a different relationship with her now. And my dad's gone. You know, I, I think about it. I think about it. You know, that, that my father's wisdom and my father's, you know, like teaching and life, you know, is kind of like comes through now in like a bigger kind of trust in God. You know, so this is where it gets to be like the real deal. You know, I feel like when we get to a verse like that, you know, of really processing in this season of asking ourselves, what is this, what is my life? What matters? You know, how do I do better? Any questions or comments about that verse, if it strikes you in a particular way? You guys are scaring me, okay? Because this is not easy stuff. <laughs> so any any comment at all before we move on? I feel like the seeking your face also is like f find, find God in nature too. Like find God wherever you look. Like it, maybe not just in like a literal face. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. To open up our eyes to the processes that are going on around us all the time, right? That is the real deal of seeing God before us always, you know, not just in shul, not just in, you know, in a synagogue or in your prayer book or in the face of another human being. It's probably the, the most <laughs> difficult, complicated way to find God, but how, how lovely and how inspiring it is to see God in the the hummingbird or your, you know, the blue jays or the tree blossoming or the fruit coming to fruition, right? All those beautiful ideas that we have in nature around us. All right. So I want to take us to the, the last verse here because um, the last couple, um, which is Okay. Remember I told you about that word Elul, Lule. Can you see it pretty well there? See those dots? Yeah. Whoa, what happened? Okay, sorry about that. Lule, okay, th those dots there are not, that's not, I didn't put that in. That's in like the, actually the, like any Bible that you'll look at or Tanakh, you'll see that there. And you're going to see it in, uh, yeah, yeah, you're not going to open a Torah and see it because Psalms is not in the Torah. So any book where you're going to see the Psalms written, um, you know, we call it the Masoretic edition, you're going to see those dots, which we never have a real answer for why they're there in all the times that they occur, which they occur many times throughout the text. Um, so we can only speculate. Um, and this speculation here is because it is to show us that Lule spelled backwards is Elul. Okay, so it's kind of like playing that Beatles record. You get the hidden message when you play it backwards. Okay, so, but what is he saying? Um, if only. Um, let me find it in the English. So, so here, um, show me your way, God, lead me on a level path, like a path, lead me on the path. That's a good one for Elul for the season, right? Do not subject me to the will of my foes, right? Or false witnesses or unjust accusers that have appeared against me. So again, we're kind of in that insecurity mode. Like, like he was totally confident. And then he's like, ah, I got pulled back into the questions. And then here, if I would but trust to see 
the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. If I could, if I would, dot, dot, dot. Because all of the commentators say, this is not a complete sentence. This is not a full idea. We've got a snippet of an idea here. And this, if we were like in a writing class, I would take this and I would ask you to say, if I but trust to see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living, then what? How would that change my life? How would that be a life-changing idea? If I, could, if I could just trust to see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. Right, Beth, that's a good one for you to be thinking about, right? Because we don't wanna get sucked into the like awfulness of the world around us. We, what, what if I could just see God's goodness, not just see and only see, I mean, that's a big idea <laughs> to, to pull that telescope out, to see everything going on. I, that's, that's a high level, although it, it, is, it is asked of us, right? But to, I'm going to ask you to, to think about that and process through Elul, that dot, dot, dot. What if I, Lulei Emanti, like amen is, you know, trust, amen, the word amen, trust, to, to see God's goodness. You know, yeah. And then look to God. Last sentence here. Look to God. I love this one. So the psalmist doesn't end on like a wistful, uncertain note. It's strong. Good, right? We end with strength. You know the word from Hatikva. Hatikva means hope. Hatikva, Kaveh. But actually, the root of Kaveh is a Kav. It's a kav is a line. What does it mean when you have hope in something? It means that you are able to extend that invisible line from one place to another, even though you can't see it yet, right? Like, so in this case, kaveh is that invisible line of, of connection between you and God. It's a, it's a line and it's strong. And that's what hope is. So the psalmist ends by saying, chazak. Be strong, be strong and courageous of hearts and, and hope in God and hope in God. Strong and courageous in heart. So that is my blessing for all of us today, okay? To be, and then I want to make sure we have just like a couple of questions if you have any before we close, but to be strong and courageous in, in, our, in our faith, in our faith. Okay. And let's see, you know, if any of these questions or any of these lines from the Psalm landed on you today, I encourage you to write them down and, and think about what opened up for you in this, in the shiur, in this, in this uh, class together, you know, and what, um, you know, or read it again, you know, every day, if you'd like <laughs> or in the next month. And, and when you read it, like what opens up for you, because it's meant to be a tool of, of connecting, of opening, of, of, of like deeper spiritual, like seeking and influence. So I give it to you today as a gift um, for all of us to, to partake in it and to, um, to, to look at it, you know, and to think about it a, a little bit more. So I did say we we're going to close with the, the shofar. Okay. And I will do that just right after making sure no one has any last questions you want to ask or comments. Very quiet Parsha Pathways, first of the season group. <laughs> Okay, so we're all we're all set. Okay, so one sec, Rabbi David, would you please blow the shofar? I'm going to turn off this. Uh, um, oh, so original sound is on, Kara. Okay, okay.
right. Uh, if you are able, I'm gonna ask you to rise and body or in, in spirit, okay? As we hear the sound of the shofar, we're gonna hear it. Can you come closer? Yes. Good. Yeah. Beautiful. Yashikawa. Yeah, Yashikawa. All right. Thank you, everybody. Shabbat Shalom. And Maxine, any announcements for next time? Um, we will be having Parsha Pathways next Friday. Um, we have a lot of things going on in the month of September. So I urge everyone to uh, read your e news that comes out on Thursday afternoons. Go to our website, give me a call, read the Jewish press, anything. All right. Thank you. Shabbat shalom, everyone. Thank you. Shabbat shalom. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's Parsha Pathways. We hope that this episode filled your heart, mind, and soul with Jewish wisdom. Don't forget to stop by jewishgulfcoast.org to explore everything that the Federation has to offer. And we look forward to bringing you next week's Parsha. Shabbat Shalom.